0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff Drzezemski, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I've lost Tom. Tom was over there laughing for some reason, I don't know why. He must have thought about a joke Hello. or something.
0: <laughs> hey, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thomas Patrick Dorian, how are you doing? I'm
0: fantastic. Good to see you. Well, uh, Sam good?
1: Ziggy Rodriguez is here. Yeah, he is back from his underwater culinary experience. How, how, was how did that go?
0: You know what? I, I would say that the the cupcakes were exceptionally moist.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> I, I knew he would. Dude, you dude, would sh- fall right in. <laughs> that job. is that is perfect. Good job. You, you obviously have a have a I'll just say a gift or a talent. <laughs> for for humor and also cooking. So look at uh, this underwater. pro here. Look did, at this pro. Did you like that segue? And swimming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we we made a segue into our show topic, mm-hmm. uh, which is talents. Uh, and I I uh, I just wanted to talk about our gospel this weekend. Good idea. So we find ourselves um, listening to the gospel according to Matthew. So this is the end of. Matthew's Gospel, the end of the Gospels. And so this is also coming to, not quite, but coming to the end of the liturgical season. Mm-hmm. So the end of the liturgical year, meaning all of our Gospels, all of our uh, the message, and all of our focus in the liturgy turns to the end times, to judgment, right? Because we're getting ready to enter the new liturgical year and Advent. Mm-hmm. And so there's all this stuff about the end times, the end is near, judgment what have you done with your life's ziggy rodriguez you know and that's what you need to know and cupcakes ain't gonna do it oh i don't care how moist they are (laughs) well it depends on the icing i guess also
0: what if you have good hair
1: oh
0: oh you definitely will get points for your hair there's no question
1: yeah there's gonna be pilgrimages that's a talent there will be pilgrimages to the place where tom's hair is (laughs)
2: yes (laughs)
1: There, there will be a shrine of sorts there so beautiful And you know, I'm just thankful that you actually brought that up yourself. That we, yeah, we we didn't. I'm hoping, man. Well, I just, I, I can hope. I'm actually hurt when your kids hear the shows. Go, Dad, they're really mean to you. (laughs) I don't want to. I'm not kids. I love your dad. He is such a good guy. Okay, moving on. Moving on. So let's (laughs) let's talk about the end times. Let's talk about the parable of the talents. Uh, And uh, and uh, well, I'll just read it. So, uh, this is uh, from the Gospel according to Matthew. This is uh, chapter 25 of that Gospel. Jesus told his disciples this parable A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately, the one who received five talents went and traded with him and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him, Tom Dorian, you wicked... Oh, it doesn't say that. I'm so sorry. I departed. That was irreverent. That was bad. I take that back. Man, I hope (laughs) I don't hear Run that backwards. Yeah, I know. We don't want that to be the case. He did say um, to the servant, you wicked, lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter, should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away, and throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. It does not sound pretty, does it? No. 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 And in fact, it kind of sounds mean, mm-hmm. right? But there's there's a there's a great lesson to be taught here. Now, I know that most people have heard this um, Uh, this parable, many, many times. It's one of the most well-known of the parables. Uh, And also, most have heard it preached upon many, many times. And I'm not going to say it's wrong, but many people preach, many times you'll hear the preaching will be focused on, well, that word talent. Mm -hmm. right? It actually has an ancient Hebrew meaning, and it's actually a way of measurement of, and it has value and worth, and it's like, it's money, right, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And Uh, And but a lot of times, you know, it also is the same word in English as we have for like, you know, gifts and charisms. What the Lord has given each of us skills. uh, What what makes us who we are, etc. And so you'll usually hear um, homilies focused on how you utilize your the gifts and the skills. But also the, the, the money, the, your, your treasures that God has given, has entrusted to you, how do you use those to build up the kingdom? And, and that is a valid thing to discuss. Mm-hmm. But, but there's also another way of looking at this, and I want to talk about the, the second way as well. Um, and, and before we get into that, though, I do want to, I guess, finish the thought on the first. I, I think we should spend a few minutes and talk about this first way of looking at the talents. And where this comes from. And again, I want to remind folks that at the end of our liturgical year, as we find ourselves uh, getting close to um, uh, Jesus Christ, Lord of the universe, right, we get, we, we're, we're getting to uh, the, the, uh, the, the final Sunday in ordinary time, um, then all of this, um, really all the, all the readings are about making an account, making an accounting. So you see the financial model here. Of this parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. And it fits in perfectly with like judgment and what what is God going to, well, what's he going to say to you when it's your time to stand before him and make an account, mm-hmm. right? And so um, an accounting will be made of what we've done with our lives, right? So it makes perfect sense then to see this parable of the talents in its financial uh, or we'll call them gifts as well. That doesn't have to be just specifically finances, but if you're, you know, one of the many gifts that you might have. But there, it's a financial model. So we'll take words like economy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, you know, so what's the fuel that powers and sustains that economy? Investors or investments, the people and the projects that keep the economy going, right? And of course, an accounting will be required. And, and then words like profit, right? Yield, and we're basically talking about the fruits. What's born from the investments, right? And you can see that not only in a fan, financial way, but what the Lord also wants us to, to do is to see this gospel, this parable, in a spiritual way, mm-hmm. right? So, a spiritual economy.
0: So, what comes to mind actually is the uh, the gift of knowledge, as described in the um, in the devotional divine divine intimacy. Uh, he gives a beautiful description where he says the gift of knowledge, the gift of the Holy Spirit of knowledge, is actually a gift of being able to see the things of the earth against the light of of heaven, against God's light, and in a way that allows you to see the true value of things.
1: And the meaning and the purpose of those things and where they play
0: a part. Well, and, and, And the reason I think that that's important is, this is what came to mind as I was listening to you, Deacon Jeff. We live in a culture right now where a lot of people, their highest standard of value is money itself. So if money is your highest source of value measure then your the then the only the highest source of return on an investment can only be measured in money
1: right the yield the yield right what and, you did with that money and etc
0: And so but if you allow God if you pray for that gift of knowledge and if we pray for that gift of knowledge if I pray for that gift of knowledge On how to use our resources and ask God, Lord, help me understand, have a more dynamic view of a return on my investment. Yeah. You've entrusted this to me. This money, some of it, it might be good for me to, you know, use it in this way and invest it financially. I'm not putting that down, but... Thinking in terms of broadening our understanding of value will broaden our understanding of a return on investment
1: exactly, and I think that will lead us so if we 're looking at this first idea of of how to view this parable of the talents and this and its focus on this sort of economic model um, then then it's wrong for us to specifically see the uh, monetary. Value of things as the soul. Obviously, it's that that would be wrong. I think everybody would like. I, I yeah, vote against that. That's bad, <laughs> you know. Um, and and so then you'll see a common um, uh, interpretation of this parable. Then is to turn and focus on the gifts, the charisms, the abilities we've been given, right? But you can run into the same problem, right? Because then you can start seeing that everything is then measured against those gifts. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's what's valuable. I, I'm an artist. I'm very artistic. I have an artistic vision of things, and I see things artistically. And God's given me this ability. So then, then your worth and your value becomes like um, based on. The, the value of your art or how your art is used and and where the art is used and all of a sudden everything is like an artistic you be, that that becomes the um, the economy mm-hmm. that becomes the the fuel that moves the economy is your artistic ability I know this is starting to get kind of deep but and it's not it's not wrong to see that God has given each of us gifts and abilities and skills. I mean, some he's made good singers. Some he's made, uh, well, like Tom. And some he's made great artists. <laughs> uh, some he's made great uh, administrators. Uh, some people he's made financial whizzes and, and all these things. And so we we actually are called to put those gifts and charisms into play. Right. Right, to not to stay on the sidelines to be active with those gifts that were given to us by God and so it's a valid interpretation of this parable of the talents in fact that's you know the English word that we that that, that is translated is like talent and talents right but but that but a talent back then um, is essentially um, uh, a, a, a weight or a measure of 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 value that is equal roughly to six thousand denarii which and one denarii is like a day's wages. Mm. So someone given five talents is essentially given thirty thousand denarii wow. as you can look at it that way. But it's a lot, and it, and it has to do with how much gold or silver that would weigh, right? So mm. so there's this connection to weight. Uh, but essentially, it's, there's a value connected to it, and that's where. And then we have this translation in, into English as talent. And so, if you go to a talent show, mm-hmm. right? What are you going to see? Singing and dancing and whatever the act is. So there is a truth that we need to stay out of the financial thing. Although, if that's a gift we've been given, you then use it. how we use it is is appropriate. And we don't measure the value of that gift based on how much it. Like, how much money did did the church make at the raffle because of my brilliant financial skills, or how much money's in the coffers? That cannot be the measure. However, the measure is self. Yes, I know, but I'm just saying he that. He wants but, us to
0: give us our, all of ourselves. That's true. Right,
1: yes. And so so that part, I think, is, I, I think that's a valid interpretation of this but
0: but there's a distinction here that we're getting between input and output he wants us to give our whole selves and all that we have and make it completely make ourselves and all that we have completely available to him but one of the things that i think deacon jeff is getting at is sort of a means and ends distinction like somebody who has been given the gift of being a great singer um that's a means there but what's the what's the purpose what's the you're not going to end
1: up seeing necessarily the fruits of your singing labor in the parish, right? right? You're not going to necessarily see that, you, so you, you're not going to, you aren't going to receive a return on your investment. However, the Lord, seeing that which is unseen by other human eyes, we we participate in that way. So that's, so you're right. I'm focused on how we value our those gifts and and we put those gifts in there. So it is, it's a good thing to use our our skills, our gifts, our charisms, our abilities. At, at the service of the Lord. And I think the, the point here, and you've made it earlier, Sam, is is not to uh, to monetize this and certainly not to go like, well, um, I'm obviously using my singing talents because look at all the people that show up at Mass now. You know, I'm <laughs> such a dynamic and good preacher. Look at the, the people who love my Mass. When, I, when Whenever the Deacon Jeff preaches, they go to that Mass. See, that's the wrong measure. I, I'm not going to see the fruits of that Maybe the Lord will give me a glimpse every once in a while of of the fruits of whatever uh, charisms I've been given. But usually it's not the case. And usually it's like there's a mysterious working that's going on there. And we need to see the parable of the talents in that way that something mysterious is going on here. And it's not about money. It's not about value uh, more than it is about the fruits of the kingdom that are born because of our willingness to participate in this economy. Uh, of of gifts and charism. So mm-hmm. that, that I think that's a valid way to look at this thing, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But then the, well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk about this other way, which I think is quite beautiful, uh, and maybe one we haven't really thought about before. Uh, before we take that break, want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you, Deacon Jeff at com. I
0: know this part last week. Go ahead. Go ahead uh, oh, <laughs> Yeah,
1: Tom. Tom did it really well. Yeah, he man. did it in the voice of John Wayne. Yes. It was really see. Good. I was
0: thinking about doing it in a Cockney accent. You know? <laughs> no, don't no do that. just don't do Okay. That, okay. <laughs> in case we have listeners in Soho, like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. <laughs> That's wrong, man. That's wrong. Uh huh. Right. Here we go.
2: <laughs> I'm Bester Rosimski. And this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfred felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winfred's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how Saint Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish Saint Boniface but nothing happened. They became convinced that the God of Saint Boniface, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, was the one true God. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of Saint Boniface. As Saint Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his Church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light, when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Droszymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And
1: I am Deacon Jeff, and I am sitting here in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Thomas Patrick Dorian and you Sam are. Ziggy Rodriguez. Woo-hoo! Uh, and we are promised not to do any Cockney accents, um, and we're going to. I said <laughs> we promised not to. Don't do it. <laughs> Sam was leaning uh, towards the microphone. So now
0: I want to. It has talk- value, guys. It yes. has value.
1: So, so uh, we're talking about the sort of two ways in which to interpret this parable of the talents, or two, and and not both. These are not mutually exclusive, and not and one is not right, and one is not wrong. But I, I think both of them, there are elements of truth to both of them. And the second way is one that comes to us. Uh, it's interesting. It's, there was a, an article written by uh, Bishop Robert Barron back in 2014, and it was in the Catholic World Report. And it's called The Deeper Meaning of the Parable of the Talents. And I, I just I found it to be a really, really beautiful understanding of this parable that I had not thought about before. Um, And I, I, you you should read that article. Look it up and and read it, and it'll kind of make you think deeper about. That's why it's called the deeper meaning uh, about this parable. So you don't see it strictly about like just gifts and uh, you know finances, and like you don't see it in terms of that kind of thing. That you see something even deeper, and I think Sam, this kind of goes to the heart of what we were talking about earlier about how to view this stuff. Um, and so, in that article, he basically, uh, the contemporary reader sees the word talents, and it equals the word talents that we would see in the modern day if I went to a talent show. All right? And then he goes on to say that, but, a, but an ancient Jewish reader would see that word talents differently. And I kind of alluded a little bit to it, but essentially what makes up that word, uh, there's a, a Hebrew word, I think, kabod or something like that. I can't pronounce. I'm sorry, the Hebrew. I, I could do it maybe in a Cockney accent. <laughs> Um, but uh, but but essentially, what it means is heaviness, like weight, weightiness, right? And so, what that helps us to start to see is that a talent, and the more talents that you're given, like the more weight or more heaviness that you're given, and what were heaviness and what? And it brings to mind, Bishop Barron says, it brings to mind that which is the heaviest, the weightiest thing in existence, and that is God's mercy. That God's mercy supersedes everything. So his love, God's love, um, which is at the root of God's mercy, love and mercy, I mean, essentially they're, they're equivalent, is the weightiest thing, right? It's, it's at the heart of all of our our, our theology, mm-hmm. and and certainly, our, uh, especially the, the ancient Jew would see who God was is essentially... God is love, Deus caritas est, you know, uh, Pope Benedict's famous encyclical. And, and so that's the weightiest thing on the planet. So essentially, when we're seeing this parable of the talents, we should see it from the perspective of um, like the talents that are given to each of the three servants is the measure of mercy, the measure of love they've been given. And what they are judged, what they're held in account for is what they did with that love. Not whether they went out and made uh, food, uh, you know, sandwiches for the homeless, which is good. Not that they said nice things to the old lady and helped her across the street, which is nice. Not that they gave a significant, you know, 10% of their whatever to they tithed or or that they supported their church or even that they, uh, you know, whatever. That's not, uh, those aren't bad things but essentially at the heart of those things and what's, what makes those things more profound is the love that goes into them. And that's what I was getting at instead of measuring you know, and seeing the fruits of your labor by like, well, our mass is very popular because we have really nice uh, music or, or whatever, that essentially we'll be judged on that judgment day for each one of us, for our specific judgment. Hmm. We will be judged based on whether or not we loved how much we loved. And at the heart of that, that's way more challenging to me than whether or not I used my charisms, my gifts, my talents. Tom's beautiful hair. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's way more than that.
0: It's tough to compete with.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I totally get that. But again...
0: It does change hearts. It
1: does. (laughs) It does. It does. Uh, But, you know, it's so interesting because... Hopefully it doesn't harden them. (laughs) (laughs) what With
0: envy that's right
1: so 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 in the, in the second way of looking at this parable of the talents the economy then becomes love yeah Right. love is what fuels the economy love is what sustains the economy god's love god is a source of all love god is love and so when we feel love and we express love, essentially we become conduits of love and that love multiplies and it spreads and becomes viral, if you will, to use a modern terminology. But essentially, it it, it moves outward of us. We receive it and it moves outward of us. That's how we will be judged, right? Not on what we did, does that make sense? It does. And it
0: makes perfect sense. And I think what comes to mind is he who has been uh, forgiven much loves much. You know, that's an adage that's used to describe the stories of people like St. Paul and St. Augustine. The ch- history of the church is rife with folks who had a really, really rough Period In their life um, Where they were running away from God I can certainly identify with that As a part of my story and I've shared that as a part of my own Testimony and but when You have that moment of Mercy and you where you realize That you're awakened to the reality That no matter how bad You know you've gotten What bad things you've done it, it, It you Balled up all the sins of the whole world and you know, threw it into the ocean of God's mercy. It wouldn't even make a blip, you know, let alone yours. You yeah. know, and when the more you are forgiven, the more you are awakened to that. All
1: reality. right. and then you live in that economy. Yes, and that's and that's the key. Uh, so, if we're loved, I, I, you know, think about the scriptures uh, and 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 listen to all the scriptures. I mean, there, and there are countless scriptures that talk about love, especially in the New Testament. There are countless scriptures talking about love. You know, no greater love. Uh, can a man have than to lay down his life for his friends, right? And you suddenly realize, see, it's total self-gift. And so we don't just receive the gift of Jesus dying on the cross. Here's your gift, and we have a checkbox. Well, okay, I'm saved, got a checkbox. But as a Catholic, we see that as a moment for us to essentially embrace the Lord in love, to live our life in that love, so that love of the cross then is essentially multiplied through us and outward and that's why it's our job to to participate right in in, right. in this economy of love and w- when Jesus is asked about what are the two great the, 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 what is the greatest commandment and his answer is to love your god with the whole heart heart mind and you know strength and then but the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself and you suddenly realize that see the weightiness of 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 love how heavy it is how much that we Uh, essentially want to be consumed by that love and then to uh, express that love outwardly that's what will be judged on and that's the economy that we live in and we shouldn't see it as like i've acquired salvation we should see it as i am living in love and so that's what the challenge is we need to live in love um we need to we need to have the talent of love (laughs) And we need to live in that talent. That's what we're going to be judged on. And so let's hear that that gospel in a very profound way. And let's ask the Blessed Mother then also to help us to live in love. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray Pray for for us sinners, sinners, now now in the the hour of
2: our death. death.
0: Amen. Amen.